So this episode is going to be another one we did through the interwebs. Uh, our guest today is Stephen Mowry. He's a heavyweight undefeated fighter for Bellator. And yeah, it was kind of a shorter interview with him because of his schedule and things of that nature. But after we were done talking to him, me and Kevin kind of just kept rolling and talked about a bunch of random shit, but that's all right. And yeah, he was, it was pretty cool of him to take some time out of his day to come on and talk with us. And we talked about martial arts due to the fact that that's what he does for a living. <laughs> we talked about some COVID stuff, the way they've been dealing with things in their gym and stuff like that. And yeah, it's kind of nice to talk to him. It all, I met, actually met him, what, two or three years ago. We talked about it a little bit in the episode, but back when I used to drive Uber to make a little extra dough, I, Bellator was in town and he was fighting on that card and I just happened to pick him up one night because he needed to go to the store to get some Pedialyte because I think he had done a weight cut or something. He was dehydrated and he needed some Pedialyte. So I gave him a ride and we got to talking a little bit and that's kind of how we first connected and. Uh, I've kind of been rooting for him ever since, and he's undefeated and kicking some ass. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Christmas is coming, Kevin. Yeah, it is. Coming fast. It is. I think we're, we're 12 days out. Christmas, mm-hmm. as of today, when you guys hear this, will be a lot closer. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll only be like a week away when, when this comes out. But, yeah, hope you guys are... Actually, this will be our... I think this will be our... After this episode, Christmas will come before the next episode's on. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. If I had like a little sound pad right now with jingle bells, I'd play them. I mean, I can imagine listening to that like for Christmas, like when you're in your <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater, just like drinking your eggnog. Yeah. Shitter's full. <laughs> we actually just watched that. Really? Yeah. We watched <laughs> Christmas Vacation the other night. I love that movie. Dude, yeah. there's a part in the movie when Clark and Cousin Eddie are in the grocery store and he's throwing all the dog food. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. I never noticed until we watched it the other night. Right before he throws that last bag, it's the Roy dog food. Clark Griswold lays light bulbs down and he crushes them with the bag. I never noticed it oh. until I was watching it the other night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a small comedic moment that you could miss, but it's funny. Okay. Yeah, it's funny that, yeah, Randy Quaid did a good job of being an asshole in that. Oh, it was perfect. And it's funny that, because you don't look alike. Like, that's Dennis Quaid's brother. Yeah. Do you know that that's... And the lot and on the boys. I was just gonna say that's Dennis, his son. De, as Dennis Quaid and uh, what's her name? Uh, Goldie, not Goldie Hawn. That's no, uh, no. that's Kirk Russell. Russell's. Uh, she's from uh, You Got Mail, right? Uh, Meg Ryan. Uh, Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I was watching. I got into the boys, and I was looking at that guy, and I'm like, why does he look so familiar? Yeah. And so then I went online, looked. I didn't realize that they even had a son, and I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah, it's nuts. So I guess we can start the episode. I'm gonna play us out with some Christmas music. There you go. We we got so there's a a house in our neighborhood. You saw it, the one with the light show. Yeah, the 95.3. <clears throat> yeah, and mm. they played this one song I didn't even know existed. It was Little John Christmas song. Did you guys see that one? No. Oh, it was awesome. It was probably the best part of the show. And I guess uh, my brother-in-law and his girlfriend they know that song. They like it a lot for Christmas. But the kids really enjoyed it. So I'm going to play us out. I don't even know the rules of playing music on the podcast. I I don't know if there's like copyright shit. If I guess we'll find out. Yeah. It's that time of year again. Kool-Aid man, you ready for Christmas? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Merry Christmas. It all kind of started a couple years ago when I was doing Uber on the side and I gave you a ride. Uh, yeah, years ago now, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like two or three years ago. But yeah, you were here fighting in Boise and I was out doing the Uber thing on the weekends and just so happened to give you a ride. I think you were going to get like Cross paths, yeah. Going to get some Pedialyte. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been uh, fighting pro? Uh, I was a professional. I had my first fight in August of 2016. Okay, so you've been at it for a few years. A little while. And then I started as an amateur um, nine years ago. Okay, all right. What was your uh, your base, your base martial art you got into? Um, I guess I started with wrestling and jiu-jitsu kind of started around the same time. Um but even even that, I only started because you know I, I knew I wanted to fight. Like I, I remember reading about it in a magazine. I thought it was really cool, and I thought if everybody else is doing the the wrestling and jujitsu thing, I guess I got to get started with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny because back when when I gave you that Uber ride, I had just started doing jujitsu, and I, th- I think I, if I remember right, I, I think I told told you I was like, yeah, I just started because I got a pro fighter in my car. I'm like, I got to tell him I'm doing jujitsu now. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I've been at it now for a couple of years. It's it's kind of a life changer. We've talked a lot about jujitsu and martial arts on this podcast due to the fact that verbal jujitsu practitioners now, and it's been a big part of our lives. Yeah, jujitsu is great. I think a lot of people, if they gave it a shot, I think they'd really like it. I I agree for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know Kevin here. He he had you know a little bit of training. He talked about that a little bit. He was in the military, and but I don't know how much they really teach you guys hand-to-hand stuff it, it's yeah it's it's a lot of just it's more of a mental mental state you know when you it's ba- being able to fight your friend and try to kill him but in a controlled environment yeah and it's doing things that aren't very practical like collar chokes like cool how many fucking people are gonna be wearing a collar or a, a u.s uniform that you can pull that motherfucker out and choke him with yeah you know so some of it is not very applicable um and, you know, you have the punch drill for your level one combatives, which I get it because what they're trying to do is tell you, like, a lot of people have never been punched in the face. You know, like Rob was saying, like, and that's all it is. You just get punched in the fucking face. You can't hit back and you have to take their back, you know, and it's kind of ridiculous. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially growing up like me, I grew up a wrestler, you know, and so like, what the fuck is this? Like, can't I can't do anything back, you know? It's, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, I know it's been, it's been good for, I think it's good for anybody to get into anything physical, but it's mm-hmm. jujitsu in particular is just, it's like a whole different beast. It's, yeah, and it's, it's fun. It's not, I mean, like definitely wrestling is super intense, really difficult, very challenging. Jujitsu, you know, kind of takes the, uh, it's, it's typically not as challenging, not as like demanding mm-hmm. as wrestling is. And, uh, I don't know, I think, I really think people would like it. I'm with you there in the sense that, like, I think the gi is awesome. And I think for the sport, I think gi is, you know, is, is really beautiful to watch. But, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think it's more just, one, you know, the practice of, you know, getting down the mat with somebody, getting nasty, trying to bend each other out of position or choke each other to death. You know, that's, that's you know, the biggest part of it. And then, you know, learning the motions, learning the principles, learning the uh, fundamentals, you know, whether you're doing the gi or not. 
you know, that's how you learn, you know, your, your real self-defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. What, what gym are you out of? You're in Florida, right? I'm a, yes. I'm out of Stanford MMA. Okay. Who, who, who all is there? You got, I know you, there's some other big names over there. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Robbie Lawler. We have Anglan Song. We have, I'm trying to think of the, we have Gilbert Burns, UFC Waterweight. He's going to be fighting for the title. That, that dude's a beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert's an animal. Um, we have a, I think, I think total we have, uh, 30 Bellator and UFC guys. We have the two weight world champion for, or he's a one weight world champion, but we have a world champion who fights for one FC. That's, you know, the, the UFC in Asia, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of young up and coming guys who you know you probably don't know their names yet, but maybe one, two, three years on the line, they're going to be they're going to be fighting for a bigger promotion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of like I I think I told you when we were messaging back and forth. Ever since I gave you that ride, I kind of started following you and really rooting for you. Man, you doing well? It looks like undefeated. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's good, man. Uh, do you have you have fights? Any fights coming up? Not right now. So I fought back in October, and um, we Bellator and I we haven't we haven't really coordinated since. Um, but I'm expecting, you know, at the beginning of the year, I'll probably cool. Probably do it again. Yeah, that's that's cool. I think it's important too to be surrounded by the guys you're surrounded by. Kind of push you. Push oh, absolutely, and I I love being in an environment like Sanford. You know, we really cultivated. Um, we really cultivated an atmosphere of like pushing each other. You know working as hard as we can and, you know, performing at a level that, that, uh, is really indicative of just how hard we train, you know, regardless of the result, you know, we go to do something pretty special every time we cage door locks behind us. So yeah, I'm glad to be in, I'm glad to be in an environment of like-minded individuals who are, you know, they all feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the, the gym that me and Kevin both train at here, uh, it's, it's a, well, I mean, you've, have you heard of the pit? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the pit, Idaho. Um, oh, okay, cool. The guy that owns it here, he he used to fight out of the pit under Chuck Liddell and John Hackleman, uh, and then he moved here to to Boise and opened up the pit, Idaho, and so that's where they do it's Hawaiian Kempo, but there's jujitsu, all that, and we both just do jujitsu there. But but it's kind of a it's it's a little different than other just plain jujitsu gyms, from what I understand. It's more of a wrestling base, kind of more. More hardcore than than some of the just strict jujitsu gyms, from what I hear. But I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a little more more fun, I think. <laughs> yeah, wrestling's big too. I think um, I think the the best grapplers usually are guys that you know have a little bit of a wrestling base that that learn jujitsu. And you know, some guys really are they really start as jujitsu guys, but the ones who who excel at the highest level typically are the ones that you know learn wrestling for sure. So I think wrestling's huge. I think. A lot of people, you know, they learn wrestling at a young age and it, it, the principles of it, not just, you know, the physical aspect of it and the motions of it, but, the, you know, the lessons and the principles that you get from, like, doing jiu-jitsu, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they'll last a lifetime. Yeah, it's it's cool. I know, like, my, my coach, he was a he was a wrestler originally, and then he got into jiu-jitsu and then into kickboxing, and then he started fighting. He fought for, like, 13 years, mm-hmm. and he yeah. was... He was pretty good, and now his his wife is her plan is to start fighting, and she's she's a killer too. She's wow, good I, for her. I've rolled with her many a times, and she's much smaller than me, and she kicks my ass every time. <laughs> Do you have any questions for him, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
when it comes to exo- I guess I'm kind of ignorant sometimes, but when it comes to like the heavyweight, do you try to sit? Do you try to get yourself to an ideal weight and manage that, or do you not? Is it something that really matters that much in your weight class? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, the number isn't so much. The number is not such a big thing as much as it is. Um, I want to be at a weight where I want to be at a weight where I'm treating my body like I'm an athlete, you know, eating the right things and doing the right stuff. My diet's correct. But, uh, I'm also, you know, I'm also, you know, mobile and feeling athletic, feeling, you know, like I could do, you know, the motions necessary. So it's, it's one of those things. We just recently actually like a year ago started working with a, uh, a nutritionist who, you know, I really like changed my diet and it was right before COVID hit whenever this started was, um, we changed my diet. We changed like what I was eating and when I was eating it, just being more scientific, more responsible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I really feel like that's what makes a difference. Um, and your weight, I think your weight, the number on the scale is just according. And so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, the, the, the actual number itself, I think for some people <clears throat> means a lot, but <clears throat> I think the number, uh, even for them is indicative of just, their body's composition and their body's composition is indicative of, you know, how hard they've been working, what they've been training and what they haven't been training. Remember when, uh, Anthony Joshua fought Andy Ruiz the first time, <clears throat> um, one of the big talking points was his weight. So Anthony Joshua came in really heavy at like mm-hmm. 250 something. Mm-hmm. And the speculation was that he was too focused on looking good for the camera and, and being big and strong. Uh, and he wasn't properly conditioned for, you know, whatever a 12 round fight. So, um, by the time he got knocked out and whenever the sixth or the seventh, whenever, you know, the, the stoppage finally came, they thought it was as a result of his, his conditioning being poor. So the second time that they fought, his weight was, I think, 12 or 13 pounds lower. Everyone had attributed that to him training. I don't want to say more seriously, but him training, um, him training with a regimen that was more specific to boxing as opposed to, you know, just, just looking good for, for advertisements and mm. you know your sponsors. Yeah, stuff. totally. Yeah, it's. Does it, that answer your question? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always kind of wondered that too, with because you see some heavyweights, they're they're big but they're fat, you know, and then you have guys yeah. like guys like yourself who you're a big dude but you're in shape, <laughs> and I imagine that helps stamina wise and everything like that. Yeah, I think um, everybody's a little bit different. You know, you can't give everybody the same haircut and body composition. I feel like is a big part of that, you know. I was talking to a friend about Cain Velasquez the other day, who I think Cain Velasquez is going to go down as <clears throat> one of the best heavyweights to ever do it. For sure. But Cain Velasquez did not have did not have this, you know, incredible beach body physique. You know, he was mm-hmm. kind of pudgy looking and he was <clears throat> he had I mean he was big, but he wasn't like jacked. He didn't have like abs or anything. But he was, you know, a stud. He was explosive, he was fast, his cardio was good. Um, you know, and we're, we're seeing even to this day, we're seeing a lot of guys who, especially in MMA, who <clears throat> physically they don't have this, you know, very imposing or very intimidating physique, but they compete really well or they're really athletic or, you know, wh- what have you. Some guy, and I, I could probably be here for a little while naming all of them, but my point is that some guys, um, I think if you're more comfortable fighting at a certain weight, regardless of what your body composition is and you know, whatever, if you're, if you're conditioned to fight and you feel like you feel like having a beer belly is what will get you to it, then, you know, who are we to say, you know, otherwise, but as for me, um, you know, I take, I take my diet really seriously. One, because obviously, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look embarrassed in the cage, but two, um, 
I'm really big on how I feel when I'm training. So if, if I'm not training or recovering properly, um, that's that becomes detrimental in the performance. Uh, so definitely whenever I'm training, I try to maintain a really clean diet at least 80, 90% of the time. And then, you know, whatever. Some other things work their way in too. Mm-hmm. But that's everybody, everybody, even the people who are pretty strict with their weight, um, you know, they find a way to, to live their life a little bit with their diet. How has how's training been during COVID for you guys? I know you're in Florida, so things, from what I understand, are a little more open up down there. Yeah, but remember, whenever this whole thing started, um, everybody everybody was kind of like thrown a little bit yeah. off by the just by like especially here. We were especially at the beginning, we were all just as locked down as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I want to say for the first the first six weeks, maybe. It's the same as everywhere else. You know, we were all just trying to get by. Nobody really knew what was going on. Um, and we were all petrified of like, we're all petrified of just, you know, how, how scary this virus could be. So <clears throat> um, for about, I want to say about a month, really all the training that we were doing was like, like uh, at the time I lived in a house full of other fighters. So it was nice because, you know, we got to hold each other accountable. We would, you know, go outside and work out together. We would go for runs. We would hit pads. We would drill. Um, and then... I want about a month or six weeks into the, the initial lockdown. Um, you know, we, we found a way to like, we'd find a way to train. We'd go to the gym or, I mean, we'd, we'd get together in very small groups, you know, to make, make sure we were being safe and holding each other accountable. Um, you know, on the, on the precaution side of it, but yeah, right around, um, right around July ish. I mean, whenever, whenever Bellator, started to open up we figured out how to properly train and then you know whatever whatever side of the issue you stand on in terms of how locked down or not locked down you think we should be um we we did our best to train in an environment that was safe and you know we started to do it so luckily you know nobody even the people that did have cases of it like i i had a case of it of covid too Mm -hmm. um we you know it didn't affect anybody so much um, so far as being, you know, being serious medical treatment yeah. and, uh, you know, we we're, we we're able to continue on, especially now, um, now that the panic is, is really starting to like rise again for whatever, you know, because of the, the rising of our cases or whatever, um, Florida, yeah, Florida isn't going to lock down again is what it's looking like. Yeah. At least not as seriously as it did the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep pushing on, keep pushing on. Yeah. We're. We're pretty open over here in Idaho. I mean, we're still somewhat locked down, um, but not like. What's that look like for you guys? What do you guys have to do? Um, well, the schools are basically shut down, but the strip clubs are open. So, <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Like, like uh, depends on the school district here. But like, I have kids, and one of my kids, he's going to school full time. He's a, he's in kindergarten, and they only go half day. But then, like, just. 10 minutes away from here, that school district is, I think like a hybrid online one day home the next day. It's, it's kind of crazy. And then like restaurants and stuff are open, uh, as long as you wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. So that we have a mask mandate. There's a lot of people that don't really follow it. And you know, that's to each their own there. Uh, I think like when I go to the store or something, I'd say 99% of the people in there are wearing a mask. Um, and, but you'll see occasionally someone who's not and that's, you know, it's whatever, that's their own thing. Yeah, like when you go in a restaurant, you just have to wear it in. Once you sit down, you take your shit off. Yeah, and, yeah. It's and I yeah. know like places like California are super locked down. I have family down there, um, 
But here in Idaho, like we have these phases of lockdown they've been doing. And we went, it was like phase one, two, three, four. They rolled it back to phase two, but nothing changed. It's exactly like it wasn't phase four. They like changed it. So it was like, I think they were rolling it back to make people happy, but they didn't really change anything. So it's, it's weird. And I know like the gym that we both go to the pit here, they closed in the beginning. They were doing stuff online virtually. Uh, my kids both trained there as well. So my kid was doing it through the computer and, but they opened back up and they, they've also said they're not going to shut back down no matter what. They just can't afford to do it. You know, they can't, they'll go under. So, and I understand that too. People have to, you know, make, yeah, people make can make their own. Pay the bills, man. People got to provide. Yeah. yeah. That's, and it's up to people yeah. to make their own decisions on if they want to go put them, yeah. expose themselves or not. Yeah. And like I, yeah. I made the choice, me and my family made the choice that I have not been going to the gym just to keep my family safe. Um, but I don't look down on someone who wants to go. You got you to gotta do what you got to yeah. do. And I think it should Especially, be. Especially um, at the beginning of this whole thing, you know, uh, and I mean, this it's like one of those things where I really feel like everybody's a little bit different, but like, um, for me, especially when it was at the beginning, it made a lot of sense that like everything shut down, you know? And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well we can, if we can all agree that like, okay, maybe it'd just be better that we shut everything. Cause remember when it started, it was two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this isn't, this isn't really an attack on the general populace or, you know, government or specific individuals. But, you know, it started off as two weeks to slow the spread. And honestly, I was all for it, you know, especially at the beginning, you know, the two weeks to slow the spread. It's okay. We'll give, give the medical, the medical infrastructure isn't designed to hold up all these people getting sick or whatever. Yeah. So it made sense, especially at the beginning. But uh, what we're looking at now, you know, almost what, 10 months later or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Right. I think we were first starting to hear about coronavirus now. Yeah, we were. So, um, especially with the way that it like it had affected everybody, especially like in Florida, um, the, the Florida economy is propped up by tourist culture, mm-hmm. you know, by, by the hospitality industry. So, um, the fact that, I mean, there was all those videos going around for a long time of like the, the spring breakers who were, you know, oh, we're out here, we're going to party no matter what. You yeah. Know? Um, and in the beginning, you know, I, I, I tend to commiserate with the people who are against that. It's like, yeah, look, so if we could all just chill out for a little bit, you know, not spread the disease around this, fine. But, um, you know, as, as the science is starting to indicate, and, you know, whatever whatever side of the numbers you tend to err on, it's, it's starting to look like, okay, maybe it's probably worse for the world that people aren't working and they're, you know, going broke and, you know, people, people or whatever, like not making money or having to do like, having to resort to these other weird side jobs or, you know, I mean, their businesses are going under things that they spent generations building are, mm-hmm. are all of a sudden falling apart because whatever, but you know, you have like Amazon and Walmart or, or their stock is at an all time high because okay, yeah. they never had to shut down. My point is that, um, I had a really, I had a really intense discussion the other day with, with a good friend who stood on the opposite side of it. There was that video going around with the lady who owned a restaurant where she couldn't operate in house dining but there was a film production going on. Yeah, I saw that. Literally in her parking lot. And it was super heartbreaking because like he his assertion was like, well, look, the film production can can maintain a safer environment because they can monitor the the employees and it employs more people. So it so it's it's selfish of that lady to think that uh, she can't run her business if they can. And my argument was that like, okay, well it doesn't matter. Like they there's still people that, that need provided for 
who are going to have an income as a result of the restaurant being open. And it's not just the owner of the restaurant, you know, it's, you know, people, the cooks, the, the bus boys, the waiters, the waitresses, all people who probably have families and whether they have a family or not, they have bills to pay. Yeah. Um, and then whatever we could really get into the economy, if we talked about like the stimulus plan, but whatever, whatever you believe in or not, you know, $1,200 spread out over 10 months <laughs> is, is 30 bucks a week. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but, it'd be really difficult for me to live on $30 a week. Yeah. So, um, yeah. no, that said, the way it's looking right now is that, and I'm glad that, you know, where I live in Florida, I'm really glad it's like this. Um, but it's looking like, okay. And where I stand is like, <clears throat> as for like masks, it's like, okay, well, um, I believe for me, I'm going to wear a mask if it makes my fellow man feel safe. hundred percent. But if you don't want to wear one, that's on you. Yeah. And then, it, like the whole the, the the lockdown discussion, um, is it's the same thing. It's like, well, if you if you would like to assume the risk of going out and possibly getting coronavirus, that that's your prerogative. You know, that's as a human being, like you you own the right to to you know to do that to assume the risk inherent to doing that. So if you go out and get sick and you get hospitalized. Okay, well, that's on you. But it, but if you want to be able to go out and go to the beach or ride your bike or even go to a restaurant, get your hair cut, like, you know, whatever, it's it's not really fair that <clears throat> it's not really fair that um, I don't I don't believe that any any individual or group of individuals holds the right to mandate for or against you whether or not you can do that. No. Um, and then, <clears throat> um, like I said, we really could get into like the nitty gritty of like. Mm-hmm the economy and the government, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know, at the end of the day, um, I really feel like that's how it's looking right now for a lot of people. You know, people are, people are losing their jobs. People are losing their businesses. Um, their houses. And it's all, <laughs> their houses. Yeah. And we're seeing, and this is, I mean, this is a super specific incident. So it's really hard to chuck this up to like the whole world. But like you have the big debacle going on in California where you have these politicians, you know, begging and pleading, you know, to report your to report other citizens who aren't following the mandates, but you know they themselves are going out to restaurants and not wearing masks and yeah. having parties. Or you know there was one guy who said he, they were going to shut off power and electric. They're mm-hmm. going to shut off power, water, and gas to the people that were having holiday gatherings. Mm-hmm. But he showed up at a he showed up at a, at a rally without a mask. It was everything about it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's uh, I guess politicians in general. We, yeah. We've talked about this a few times on here. They're all they're all snakes. <laughs> And they're all looking out for themselves, yeah. and it's it's sad. I think I, I'm one of those people. I have faith in people, and I think most people will make the right choice. And like you said about the mask thing, like I throw one on, it's going to make somebody feel more yeah, comfortable. I'll wear one if it makes you feel safe. Yeah, but and, like, and if it protects me, that's good too. You know, um, yeah. It's and like I see, I'll see somebody in a store, and it's like the one guy without a mask, and it's like, dude, you know what you're doing. You're being an asshole on purpose, right? And and why? Why would you want There's to make that famous feel... line in The Big Lebowski where he's like, "You're not wrong. You're just an asshole." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, I throw one on. I have no problem doing. It. And like, fortunately, through this whole thing, I've been working the whole time. I'm a contractor with the post office, and we've been rolling nonstop. We've actually been busier than we were before this thing started. But there's people out there who they can't provide for their families, you know. And it's wow. it's it's sad. I, I feel bad. You know, a lot of small businesses are gonna not make it through this thing. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully most will, but yeah, it's kind of we, crazy. Um, my, uh, one of my best friends, he's the, he's the manager for, for the gym. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, especially at the beginning of all this, 
he read this statistic that was like global catastrophes are the reason that like 70% of businesses fail as a result of uh, global catastrophes. So, you know, whatever your, your hurricanes, your earthquakes, your tornadoes, your, your, your pandemics, your, stuff like that wipes out small businesses. And it's not even so much because they don't have a backup plan or, you know, whatever they haven't made the, the right business moves. It's just that like, especially if you like take a good hard look at the pandemic, there was, I don't know any, any small to mid-sized business that had the, that had the, whatever the, <laughs> the financial plan to handle 10 months of yeah. little to no business. Yeah. And you know, some, some businesses, you know, due to the model of their, whatever, um, you know, were blessed to not have to make an adjustment or, you know, as the case with like Amazon, um, their business model thrives on people not wanting to leave their house. So yeah. they did, they did even better than they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, luckily for the most part, the people I'm close with, um, you know, so my girlfriend works for a farmer's insurance. She's a claims adjuster. Um, luckily she can do her job from home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, luckily for her life didn't change. And, you know, it, it definitely made me pivot, you know, a little bit financially because it was, I went from, um, I was supposed to fight in February. I was going to have a pushback to March, to March, April, March, April, May sometime. But then I didn't know for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I didn't fight for it. Wouldn't end up being a year because I had obviously the pandemic hit, so they couldn't put on a show. And then I had a false positive coronavirus test, which which sent me back even farther. Yeah. So it definitely caused some headaches. But, you know, luckily I'm blessed to say that, like, just because I had a really good support system and because you know whatever, um, my my life didn't change that much. But it breaks my heart to hear that like there's people out there who are you know, they're barely paying rent for Christmas and like stuff like that. It just makes me sad. It makes me, it, it hurts my heart a little bit to like have to think about that. So for sure, um, you know, I can, I, I tend to see the logic behind people think, thinking that we should do a full lockdown again. I just don't agree with it myself. You know, I think, I think it'd be better for the world if I think it'd be better for the world if we let people assume the risk of, you know, going out in public and, you know, doing their job, um, you know, whatever did doing their day to day activities and r- risk getting coronavirus, then staying home, keeping everybody locked up, not letting anybody do anything mm-hmm. and seeing where the world is on the other side of that. And you, I mean, I think you said you ended up getting it. Did I? Yeah. You ended up having, yeah, so, having it. How did yeah, that affect did. you? In, um, in like May, June sometime, I ended up getting, well, June, it would have been June, late June. How, how did it affect you? Did it hit you pretty hard or were you pretty? No, not really. So I went to, uh, I went to Tennessee mm-hmm. and, uh, at the, in the middle slash end ish of June in Tennessee, a lot of people don't know this. Tennessee was the first state to do a full open. Gotcha. And they didn't, they didn't, they didn't reopen in phases. It was like, I want to say <clears throat> like the first week of June, the governor decided they were doing a full open. Um, and it didn't get, a, it didn't get very much, uh, backlash or attention because Tennessee doesn't have the the population that a New York, a Florida, a Texas, California yeah. does. But um, it happened, and I, I it was insane going from Florida, who was still taking it very seriously at the time, to Tennessee, where nobody was wearing a mask, every <laughs> business was open. Mm-hmm. I went, to, we went to a mall one day. I was cornering a friend, and uh, went to a mall so he could get printing done on his shorts, and everybody was walking around without a mask. They even had a big sign on the door saying that masks were mandated. Mm-hmm. Nobody was wearing it. Not whole, one person. Whole um, different world. I remember. I remember putting it on, and somebody that we were with was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And I was like, I don't know. "And then you know, 
funny enough, I ended up getting it. But again, um, it's it was scary that I got it, not just because you know me, but you know I mean whatever. I was it wasn't so much me who was nervous about it as much as it was um, my uh, my girlfriend's son has asthma, so that that mm. caused a little bit of like a thing. Yeah, but even that, um, I was uh, I couldn't taste or smell for three or four days. I had a headache, two days of headaches. But uh, yeah, other than that, didn't really affect my life. I by the middle of the next week, my I never had a temperature. It didn't really affect my my quality of life. And then I think by the middle of the next week, um, I felt fine. And that was the, the what made it probable. What made it the worst though was that I <clears throat> I tested positive for it for like three weeks. So like that was a tough thing. Like, yeah, couldn't. It was, hard to justify morally going places if I was positive for it. I couldn't see my girlfriend for like a month, which is tough. Um, but yeah, you, know. you got through it. <laughs> yeah. I got through Yeah. And I'm fine. But, um, and I think and it's, it's not to say that it's not dangerous and it's not to say that some people aren't more at risk than others, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think if you look at the numbers, you know, statistically, you look at the numbers and the people that have actually died from you know, coronavirus, I think you're you're more likely to die in your drive on the way to work than you are to actually die from not oh, working or mean, whatever than coronavirus. You're more likely to die from you know whatever all this all the things that are happening as a result from it than you are to actually die from. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know a lot of people who've had it, and I know some people got pretty damn sick. Most people were similar to what you went through, um, but late effects are everybody different, and I, and I get the people that are scared of it as well. It's For sure. especially people who are at high risk with asthma and things like that. I, I really get that, but I don't know with, it seems like we're on the track to kind of going back to somewhat normal, I hope. And it, at least it seems like that here in Idaho. I know they're talking about the vaccine and all this stuff happening and we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's, it's been a crazy last uh, year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We started this podcast with, within this time period and we were wondering, are people even going to want to come sit down and talk and, and all this, and so far, everybody's been, we, we've got it spaced out and stuff like that to where we make it work, but I think that's, people people can adapt and and find ways to do things. Yeah, if you can't adapt, you fucking die. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> that's life, right? Yeah. Yeah, just like the gyms who went online and were training their students online and stuff, they had they were doing what they had to do, and I know like our mm-hmm. gym, they rented out bags, heavy bags and stuff to people to take home, and it was it was cool to see them do that. Now they're back open and they're thriving. They, they're busy as can be. Even we've had a lot of spike, big spike in cases here over the past month. Uh, but so Which far, expected, but like how many of those cases are directly correlating with how many of those cases directly caused death and is what I, yeah. Yeah. And the death rate here has been fairly low. It's under 55 years old. Six people have died. Yeah. And I, I remember reading a thing that was, I mean, whenever they re- released the initial numbers back in like August, it was like people that died without an underlying health cause under the age of 55. It was like 30 people or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know I think- the death numbers here were, were really low through the whole thing. They did spike the death spiked here over the past month as well. But that's also because, positive cases spiked really huge so you're Mm. you're gonna have some death with that and and i don't know i i'm not i'm not saying it's nothing because it is it's it's killed people yeah it's but for sure something i think for sure something i think people just need to use common sense and keep yourself safe and the people you love safe when it comes to this or when it comes to anything you know it's i think people can take care of themselves and and i think we'll get through it i mean 
we've been through the world's been through a lot of crazy shit and we've gotten yeah, through it. The so. world's been through for sure. Through yeah, we made, it, we made it through world wars. So yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully come through this, come out on the other end. Yeah. And as divisive as things have become through this past year, especially, I think, I think people will uh, come through it. I hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something you see in martial arts when it comes to people coming together. You have all people from all different backgrounds, probably at your gym that you see every day and you guys probably get along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the beautiful thing about it is people, a lot of times, it's people that I, had it not been for, you know, martial arts, I probably wouldn't have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, martial arts is a beautiful way of, you know, kind of like abolishing the lines that would have already existed between the two of you, you know. Yeah. Um, I have a, Linton Vassell is a good friend of mine from, he's from England, and uh, he's a guy that like, in normal circumstances, we probably would have both lived our lives from birth to death. And never even knew each other existed, but you know, through fighting, I was able to meet somebody who I consider a wonderful human being who, mm-hmm. like, um, I was able to develop a great friendship with. It's one yeah. of those things, you know, it's beautiful. It, it, it really is. It, I think that's any, we've touched on this in our episodes before, but anytime you're struggling together with people, you could, you come together. Are you striving towards a common goal? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, all right, man. Well, I know you said you didn't have that much time. We, we actually went longer than you said you had. So we really do appreciate you coming on and talking for a little bit. Yeah, no worries. Sometime, so sometime in the future, whenever we know what we're looking at, I'll uh, I'll set aside a larger chunk of time and we'll, we'll do something. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. It, it was kind of cool to yeah. talk to you. Uh, appreciate you having me, for sure. Yeah, next time. Let me know next time. We'll, we'll make it a longer thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And good luck to you and stay undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good one. I'll see you guys. All right, later, man. So that was Steve Mowry. Couldn't be on here too long, but that was that was a good little conversation. So yeah, this will be a little shorter episode than we've done, just because of his time constraints and stuff like that. But Fuck yeah, dude! What's going on in your life, Kevin? How are things? Well, you know, you got finals this week, and I haven't studied for them. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's just how I fucking roll these days, dude. Um, living life on the edge. Living life on the edge. Bon Jovi. Because I'm burnt out and I don't care anymore. School is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah, things are good because we have Christmas break. Yeah. Is that after this week? Yep, this week. This upcoming and then, week. Yeah. So, like, I had these ideas of, like, plans to do with the family and take them out of town maybe or something and do cool things, but... It's also the kind of month where it's like, hey, money's short. So all the funny things you want to do when you don't have school, you mm-hmm. really can't do. So we got to find fun, free things to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of free stuff. You can, you can drive around and look at Christmas lights, which yeah. you, you did last night. And so did we. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm ready for It seems like this month especially has been like the longest month of the year. It's just taken forever to go really? through. And that's just because my job, I think, we get so yeah, busy this time sense. of year. And it's been fucking insane. Worst I've ever seen it. But on top of that, and then you have Christmas and everything. And mm-hmm. it just seems like this month. And also, it seems like there's like a light at the end of the tunnel for the whole COVID shit. From things I'm hearing and seeing, it seems like, okay, there might be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So it seems like it's just taken so long to get there. I, uh, I did watch the phenomenon. This came out from Rent. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan pushed it. It is probably the best documentary on aliens I've ever seen mm-hmm. because there is zero hand waving in it. 
by hand waving. There's no crazy speculation. It's not like on Ancient Aliens where you just start saying shit to fit a narrative to make it sound good. It's interviews of legitimate people giving legitimate accounts of things. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. And showing images and pictures that are known not to be doctored. They said there's no explanation for them. Um, You know, accounts of guys basically saying like, yeah, their job was to cover everything up in Blue Book. You know, the guy who posed with the um, weather balloon material for after Roswell, like they interviewed him like years ago and had the footage and he's like, yeah, they just asked me to fucking pose with this shit, but this wasn't even what was recovered on the ground. You know, like obvious things, um, you know, and then you have like the but Israeli space head come out saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's aliens, man. Mm-hmm. Trump was going to say something, but, you know, they said he couldn't. And like, yeah. Well, it's crazy, too, because with all the crazy shit that's going on in this world this past year, something like someone talking about aliens being real, it's like, yeah, put it under the rug. Yeah. We've got crazier shit to deal with. It's. Yeah, are they are they really gray little kids? Like people say, like size of a kid, but they're they when you look into their eyes, they just control like you. You have this massive sense of emotion through your mind because they're tele, telepathic, right? Or they just look like us, or they look us from the future. That's you know? what. That's what. If aliens are real, that's what I picture. Is they're they're like us. They have their whole planet to them, just like we do, but they're a little more advanced and they could travel. Here to check out what the hell we're doing. And I, I, that's what I would think is they'd be like us, but a little more advanced. I don't think they're the big head, big eyed, little slimy creature that you see in the movies. <laughs> but I don't know. But they could be if they spent a lot of time in different gravitational environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they're, maybe they're, I don't know. Cause it, it's weird. Cause they also, a lot of people are saying they're living under the oceans. So they're living in environments that have higher pressure. So may come from a higher pressure environment or a bigger planet or who knows, dude, like, but then again, they can turn a light off, you know, they're essentially have what, like a superconductor or something going on in their ship. I mean, they can go from like zero to 12 G's like fucking in an instant and then the brains aren't exploding. So they obviously have enormous capabilities in how to move these craft through space and time. So uh, aliens, man, I know. Phenomenon, you gotta watch Aliens. It. It's like yeah. four four dollars on Amazon to rent it. You might have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I I do find that stuff interesting. Whether it's aliens or Bigfoot or any conspiracy stuff, I find them interesting. I don't know if you could say aliens is conspiracy, but kinda I guess. I don't know. I find them all interesting, but I, like I've said before, I'm so skeptical on it. I'm I'm more convinced on there being aliens than a lot of the conspiracies that you hear. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. And some people say it's angels and demons, or is it just two factions of aliens? Right. You have Prometheus, which was cast down. He couldn't go back up again. He was the engineer of the genome, but wanted to give us knowledge. But the other aliens like, no, you can't give them knowledge. Like that's the same fucking story as, you know, good versus evil, you know, God versus Satan. Mm-hmm. Like we just mystify things. Instead of looking at them for what they really are, the literal translations, you know, is it angels and demons possessing you? Or is it people observing versus people trying to give you knowledge, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and is that knowledge good or bad? Yeah. Is Prometheus really a bad engineer? Is he, you know, whatever? 
Um, no, I should also write, oh, dude. Was this documentary? It's pretty long about how the Bible's actually changed, and they actually have thousands of books of the original texts. Like, there's no names. There's no John and Matthew. That's all added in later, just to like name the apostles. But none of the books actually say me or I. It's them and they. You know, there was never a mention of their names. Like, you know, the Bible's changed so much. The Apocrypha was taking out, you know, the, the Apocrypha, all those texts were as important as anything else. And they were part of the origin story. They're attached to Genesis in a way like, you know, it could, what, what I'm saying is that like goes towards facts, towards aliens. I think, you know, if you look at the real text and what they actually said versus the shit that was modified, you know, if you're, I mean, there's a timeline. I can't remember the documentary's name, but there's a timeline on it. When everything was changed, you know, up to the King James Version, which is what we go off of now. Like, it's ridiculous. You mm-hmm. know, the shit they talked about is, uh, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's kind of funny. I've had people reach out <clears throat> about the podcast, and there's a few subjects that we've touched on through all these episodes. There's a few of them that people tell me, like, I really like when you talk about that. Aliens and Conspiracies was one of them. Yeah. When we talk about it, the way we raise our children, that's another one. Shout out to John. You know you know who you are. You said you liked when we were talking about raising our kids. <laughs> He's a guy at work. Uh, but uh, people like, and I've had a couple other people, whether it be through messaging or in person, say that they like when we talk about how we raise our children, which we talked a lot about with Rob when mm-hmm. he was on. The aliens and conspiracies. And then there's like this other subgroup of people that like when we talk martial arts stuff. Oh. Obviously, because we have, there's quite a few people listen that are into MMA or jujitsu or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, especially when it comes to like the raising kids thing, I enjoy that too when I hear that on a podcast. Because that's a, that's a battle every parent has is how the fuck do you raise these kids without fucking them up? Yeah. And how do you, like, what are some pointers on making them a, making them good people, raising good little people? Yeah. It's perspective and, and sometimes understanding. <clears throat> and sometimes you have to let go of your ego and listen to people that have done it for a living and observed mm-hmm. what child rearing really is. And they will tell you that the majority of it, you cannot control. Yeah. No matter how good or bad of a parent you are, everyone has their own individual soul and they're going to be who they're going to be. Yeah. I have every potential to be a psychopath between the way I was raised, not having friends, getting picked on growing up, getting into the army and doing the things that I did, I have every potential to be someone who is apathetic and just kills for fun and out of whim. Right. But I'm the opposite of that. Mm. Like that's just because who I am. That wasn't because those experiences didn't affect me in a way that made me that person. And my parents involvement probably wouldn't have changed. It wouldn't have made it a whole lot better. It would just maybe down a different path. Yeah. You know, if my life was better growing up, I would have been into straight into college, you know, or in a good college right out of the high school versus going now, you know, like, but people have to understand that the majority of it is out of your control. You can, some kids are just fucking evil. Sorry. I, I think some, yeah, some people are just bad people. You just can't, sorry, like you, you can't fix some fucking people. I don't know. I, I think there's some mitigation to that. No, there, like, that's what I'm saying. Majority of it. Yeah. But the other, there's like three aspects to it, I think. But the other major one was just being present. Yeah. Are you there at their games? Are you supportive? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the biggest cheerleader, but are do they know you're there? Are yeah. they secure? Because if they're not secure with you being around, you're going to fuck them up. You have to be present. But you know? then on like the other end of the thing where people have parents 
who are pieces of shit or whatever, that can turn that person, that kid, into a good person as exactly. well. Like, I look back at my, my birth father, who was kind of a piece of shit. He was an alcoholic. He was abusive, all that stuff. I went the opposite way of that because I saw the way he was. And he wasn't he wasn't the main figurehead in my life. My stepdad was, who was a good man. That's another reason I, I turned out okay, I think. But seeing the way my real dad did things, I didn't want to do it that way. And also him being abusive and shit, it made me a, a tough bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm not saying beat your kids to make them tough or anything. But I, for me personally, that getting my ass beat when I was a kid made made me know how to stand up to adversity. And I think that's part of it anyways. I'm obviously not a expert, but it's... I think that having... Shitty parents can they can go the other way too, or you could follow right in line and become a piece of shit as well. Yeah, like you said, I, I kind of think it's people are going to turn out the way they turn out, regardless of their situations. But yeah, there's guys no matter what you do, <clears throat> they'll be they'll self sabotage your entire fucking lives. Mm-hmm. You know, things aren't going good for them, and then they're like, "Yeah, dude, I just stole a fucking yellow jet ski. You want to go ride it? Like you're a fucking dumbass." Mm-hmm. And they will always do that. You know, they will never, but you know, then again, if you want to get into the science of that, you know, apparently because they're stuck in the age of 14 because of trauma. Yeah. You know, they can't mature past the age of 14. What are 14 year olds like? 14 year olds like fucking monster trucks and fucking video games and like, Ooh, I want that, you know, like, so yeah, there's that science to it, I guess too, you know? Um, and it's too bad that you can't, you know, we have this feeling that you want to fix everybody. See, people are the way they are. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. People are the way they are. And you have to just fucking fix yourself and love yourself and let them play it out. Mm-hmm. If that person that you want to fix involves himself in a negative way in your life at all, that's when you can do something. Yeah. If they're going to hurt you, your kids or affect them in some way, that's when you step up and be an aggressor towards that. Right. Um, but other than that, fucking leave it alone. Yeah. You know, you just got to be, you got to be slimy. If you're sticky, everything's going to get to you. If you're just slimy, everything fucking rolls off. Mm-hmm. People are the way they are. Half the people, you know, in America have a below average IQ. You got to understand that too. Yeah. Everybody's not fucking special. You know, what's, um, that, what's that saying? Be a, be a wave, not a wall. Yes. Yeah. I know Cruz has said that in Jiu-Jitsu yeah. a million times, but it makes sense because a wave continues to move, but it's still going to knock you on your fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I think the best thing, like, when it comes to raising kids is try to set an example, so let them see you being a good person, and we talked about this before, let them see you doing doing things in life you want to do, mm-hmm. following your own path. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, what I'm scared of my kids seeing, what I'm scared of is for me, is obviously being a piece of shit, like, I don't want to be that guy in cops, sitting on the sidewalk, like, eh, fucked up again, you know, like... But it's like, you know, the show Roseanne, their whole life is just them being fat, hanging out in their house all the fucking time and just being average, not doing anything interesting. I don't want my kids to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're always, we're doing like, we're being creative, we're playing mm-hmm. music, we're going on hikes, we're taking pictures, we're going on adventures, we're going on trips. Yeah. We're always evolving, we're adapting, our personalities might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want them to see like. There's potential in life. It doesn't have to be this stagnant fucking let's just wait around the die kind of environment. Yeah. Look, that sucks. That's super depressing. Sorry, excuse me. Um, that was not a fart this time, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I think it is really important for 
your children to see that there's more to life than sitting at home. And there's a time and place for that as well. Yeah. Where it's good to take some time, sit down, relax, um, lounge around and watch your favorite show, whatever, eat a bag of chips. But not all the time. I think it's important for for them to see that there's more to life than being cooped up and not having experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I've thought I've thought about before. We've talked about this before, but trying to record episodes with just me and you, which I think we could do. I mean, we have enough time. We, me and you talk all the time. We've talked about it. If we yeah. recorded our conversation. And it's okay because as soon as it comes down to just you and me, people can shut it off. That, that's a fact. You if, can shut it off. If you don't like it, turn it off. But we know you're still listening because you love us <laughs> and you care about what we have to say. No, it's, and this has been our shortest guest interview or whatever that we've had mm-hmm. uh, so far. So we'll, and we might have a couple more of those when it comes to doing stuff through zoom yeah, or mm-hmm. through, through uh, the internet. But also, I don't know, like I said, me and you, we have conversations off mic all the time where we'll sit and just talk like this for forever. So it's yeah. why, why not record it? Yeah. Just drink coffee and fucking, which I am drinking some delicious coffee right now. That's what we need a coffee sponsor. Yeah. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Even if they didn't want to pay me money, if they just paid us some coffee. Yeah, like, you want some coffee? I'd be down. Fuck, dude. That's what I need. Yeah. Need a little serotonin boost. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so are you guys all ready for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah? I'm just trying, yeah. It's, it's coming quick. It's quick. looking like an Amazon Christmas, dude. Well, that's... All the gifts I got, I ordered online, which I was talking about my job being busy this time of year. Well, I haul mail and yeah. packages, and it's fucking insane. It's because people like me <laughs> are ordering everything online. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, especially right now with what's been going on in the world, most households are not going to the store. They're ordering stuff online, and it's it's showing. Yeah. The, the volume of, and I, I, I run into like UPS, FedEx guys and stuff like that at my job as well. They're slammed. It's, it's insane. They're driving fucking U-Hauls around. Because they don't have enough trucks. Mm-hmm. And then there's people driving around their personal vehicles, delivering packages door to door. and It's insane. But that'll make, uh, as soon as December's over, I'm going to take a few days off and it'll make it a little more sweeter. Even if I can't go anywhere, just to not have to go to work. Yeah. <clears throat> it'll be be nice. I'm planning on probably in January, I'm going to take a couple days off. Because... The it's not even so much the amount of hours I'm working; it's the amount of work I'm doing and the hours I'm there. Mm-hmm. It's like tripled from what I'm used to. Yeah, I think that's when I do too. I think it's January, so I have to recover from Christmas. Right in January hits, mm-hmm. like I think maybe taking a trip to like just like Park Park City. Yeah, because it's a nice hotel there. We stayed in before. It's like five minutes from Chris Bueller's gym. Just mm-hmm. go fucking drop in, stay in the hotel, drive back. You know, it'd be super fun. Little mini vacation, I guess. You know, like a day vacation. Yeah, well, and I know we have we have a couple people that we want to get on the podcast that we've talked about driving to go get them on, mm-hmm. which we could maybe plan something like that too. Me and you take a fucking day trip, and I can take the day off or whatever. Yeah, that might be kind of cool because there's some people like Salt Lake and stuff that it's not that far of a drive. Yeah, <clears throat> that we've talked about having on. Yeah, so when it comes to after Christmas, as cliche as it is, the whole New Year's resolution, that's not why I'm doing it, but 
as soon as Christmas is over, I need to get my ass into gear, mm-hmm. like diet-wise and exercise. I'm going to need your help with all that for sure. Because it's, for me, especially in December, and I think it's for most people, it's fucking hard. There's so many foods around, and and especially with my work schedule, the last thing I want to do is go fucking work out because I'm tired. Yeah. But the hardest thing for me, and I've talked about this before, is my diet. And especially in December, there's, you know, Christmas cookies and candy and all that all the time everywhere whether i'm at work or if i'm at home it's you know you want to have the you want to get to get a hot chocolate and you want it's 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 hard to eat eat well so as soon as christmas is over i really need to get my shit into gear me and my wife have been talking about that and i need to really get on track so i'm gonna need your help with that yeah remember you don't serve food it serves you so be shallow and be picky about what you want yeah and for me, it's not even the amount I eat. I can I, I can not eat much. It's the things I'm eating. Yeah. And it's especially when I'm busy at work and stuff, I'll be like, okay, I can I can swing through there and grab grab a burger real yeah. quick. Yeah. And there's no nutrient. <clears throat> there's no heavy nutrient profile in it. No. And that's no. why. So then your the enzymes in your gut are like, well, and the bacteria, and they're like, I want this. And so now they're like, well, we're not getting what we need, and they start shutting off. And when they're shutting off certain expressive genes are shut off and those expressive genes can be metabol for your metabolism mm-hmm. or your brain. You know, like I look in my freezer and I see a bag of those little goddamn Christmas trees, Christmas trees, Reese's. I'm like, <laughs> I know you don't love me. You don't love me back. Like, why am I eating you? <laughs> like, They're so good though. They have the perfect ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. They are. They're the best ones, man, <laughs> but they don't love you back. Obviously. And, oh, and it's, it's, I've heard it explained as mouth pleasure. You know, yeah. it's just mouth pleasure. You're getting this taste. Yeah, it's like eating ass, but it's Reese's, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, but I, it's, and I'm also one of the people, it's hard for me to turn down like a Reese's or something like that. Yeah. I, I see it, I'm like, fuck, it's there. I have to eat it. And I've been like that my whole life. Um, And there's times where I've dialed it in and I've done really well for a little amount of time. And then I, fuck, I fall off the rails and I, it's yeah. like, a, I'm like a, when people say food addictive, it is. Yeah. I'm I'm like a fucking heroin addict for bad foods. Yeah. And luckily my my job keeps me moving around quite a bit where I'm not like morbidly obese and like mm-hmm. can't move, but I am overweight and I need I need really need to dial it in. So yeah, as soon as and I you know, of course, you know, people why wait till after Christmas? Fucking get your shit together. No, I'm waiting till after Christmas because <laughs> I I already know it's I'm going to eat shit especially but like when Christmas is here, but as soon as Christmas is over, it has nothing to do with like New Year's or New Year's resolutions. It's just the time the shit's around and when it's not around. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna have to start coming over to your garage, and I've thought about like taking a picture of myself with my shirt off, just so I can look at and mm-hmm. be like, okay, you do not look good. Maybe looking at that will motivate me. I don't know. I for the first time did that. I did it take a picture of before in October. Yeah, it was October. It was like October 28th or something. And then I took one like a week and a half ago. And it's weird. I've noticed differences. Yeah. It's, it, it's hard to explain. Like you'd have to see the image. Like maybe I'll post on Instagram at some point. Maybe I will. Um, I'm not really about that kind of stuff, but I might just do it just to, so everyone can see. It. I think it's, Important for people to see that shit. Yeah. Like, you know, Spencer, you follow him. Did yeah. you see this thing he yeah, posted? Yeah, that was really cool. Where he was 
because he was a lineman football. He was very overweight. Mm-hmm. And he posts, you know, when he was overweight, he's overweight, he's overweight. And then now where he's like a fucking Greek god. I don't know if yeah. you're listening to this, Spencer, but you're looking good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's like for a guy like me, that's really cool to see, especially someone who was overweight who got their shit together. I think that's that's really important for people to see. And it's hard to, like you said, you, you're not that, you don't like to put that stuff out there. It's hard to be vulnerable, especially online. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a hard time pushing myself, like pushing myself out there yeah. online. I have no problem pushing, putting stuff about the podcast online because it's not just me. It's me. It's you. It's our guest. It's this thing we're building. That's easy to put out there. I enjoy putting that out there. But when it comes to myself, it's like, I don't want to put myself out there where people yeah. can see what's going on. And It's comfortable for some people. Like you, you, you can be looking through like the... With the search feed or whatever, mm-hmm. on Instagram, just scrolling, and there's just like dudes and girls just every day posting yeah. like, you know, like half naked pictures and compromising positions. It's like, damn, like, what does your husband think about that? Or maybe just very secure, but like, or your wife, you know, like I see people post some shit, and I'm like, man, that's I'm just not that person. See, I I never when I see the people post it, I don't think anything of it. I'm like, good for them. That's cool. It's yeah. just I can't do that. No. And same thing, like you said, their husband or whatever. If my wife wanted to post pictures or whatever she wanted to post, I wouldn't care. I could give a shit less. I know she's my wife. I know and I'm not insecure when it comes to that, and I never have been. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're proud of the way you're looking, put yourself out there. But me, I have a hard time doing that. And even like the times I have dialed it in and gotten in better shape, I still don't like posting pictures of myself. It's just, I don't know. I think it comes from a lifetime of being insecure and stuff. And I'm, I'm more confident at the age I am now than I've ever been my whole life. I'm very confident in myself Mm -hmm. being overweight or not. I'm a very confident person. I feel like I feel confidence, but it's then I lack that when it comes to putting my picture out there for people to see and stuff like that. But no, I, I really need to get shit dialed in and I'm also one of those people. I'm not afraid to ask for help (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just about getting my ass to do it, you know? Yep. And do it. But yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap this thing up. I don't, mm. I don't know how long we've been going. Mm. Oh, we, we, we hit an hour. Yeah. So that's good. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Love you. Bye.